what has been in my heart to deliver to you is I give it a title simply take heart but already the Spirit of the Lord has been communicating that to take heart we don't like to admit we're weak we don't like to admit that we get fearful we get become anxious frustrated angry because we're so scared we got to take heart when it comes to Pentecost there are so many things that has been delivered to us when we think about this day that we're honoring the feast of Pentecost the day of Pentecost right now before we go into anything else just right now where you are those streaming as well what is it I just ask you to trust God for it but really put it front and center right now what is it that you need God to do in your life we get so used to carrying it ourselves. I, I don't want to bother anybody I don't want to bother God but this is the time Lord, we're, we're, we're being reminded of how powerful you are. You, you are able to meet this need in my life. I go into his word, just, just a little bit of foundation for those that may not know. Leviticus 23, God gives instruction through Moses to the people. These are the feasts of the Lord. Seven feasts that are declared upon the people. Pentecost is one of those feasts. There are three feasts, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles, that were required for these male Jews to make their pilgrimage back to Jerusalem. Three times a year, these three times were allotted for them to be in Jerusalem. Pentecost was one of them. It was the second major feast. Pentecost simply means 50. Doesn't sound that spiritual. And yet, it means everything because we're realizing something about our God. Our God absolutely knows what he's doing at all times. He's not limited to space nor time, and yet he is the one at the controls. That word 50 Again, doesn't sound spiritual, and yet it is 50 days. He said, mark it out from Passover, 50 days. That is when Pentecost will occur again and again and again. Open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2. Stand with me. Read the first four verses. Familiar passage of Scripture, but I, I trust that the Holy Spirit's given me something that maybe you haven't looked at ever or maybe in a long, long time. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Thank you, Lord, once again for your word. Let it speak to us today in Jesus' name. Just as you're being seated, turn to one and just say, get ready.
I know anytime that I speak, I'm speaking to a myriad of lifestyles, backgrounds, religious experiences. We're all coming from somewhere, some from nothing, some from very, very rigid, structured homes, teachings. As we go, and of course, as Grace Life, one of our core values is we're, we're biblical. Above doctrines, dogmas, and creeds, what does the Bible say? In this reading, we're reminded of this day that speaks volumes to us as Pentecostal, Spirit-filled, full gospel believers And we immediately know what happened on this particular feast on that particular day over 2,000 years ago. Because it was the promised outpouring had been promised for generations. And here was the manifestation. Again, the sound from heaven that sounded like a great wind. The fire that They had to describe, it looked like every human was a candle with a wick and this this flame above their heads. Cloven tongues of fire was the expression that writers would call it. Again, we know that these prophecies, these things were again attested and manifested in the speaking of tongues. And now these tongues of angels and of men are being declared because, again, so many people were there from so many different nations, and yet they all came back. How is it that this group of Galileans are speaking, and yet we understand what they're saying? Again, was it that they were speaking in another tongue, in the tongue that they knew, or a spiritual manifestation that they were speaking in their Galilean dialect, but by the time it got to the ears of the listeners, they were hearing it. Whatever's happening, it's what was promised. And again, now they're hearing the wonderful works of God in their own language. The planet has never been the same since. We're here today because of this promised outpouring And we also know, or at least we should know, that something else incredibly important to us began when Jesus came to the earth because it would mark the ratcheting of time, a prophetic clock called the last days. It begins with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. These last days began as he came in a, in, a, in a form of a baby, and when he returns, how many knows he's returning? Amen. We'll finish that clock. So again, so many things going into this reading. And again, if we, could, we can read and say, oh, I already know that story, and yet it is continuing to remind us of how God operates, that God really is a God of structure. So with a closer look, we look at this day of Pentecost, and in this version, it said when the day of Pentecost had arrived, but in the King James, or New King James, I'm going to use that wording now, because the wording says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come. That's what the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me this week. 
for us to take heart in. When it fully would come. In other words, it didn't just happen by happenstance. It didn't come because, you know what, I have nothing else to do. I think I'll do the outpouring they've been looking for. No, it had an appointment. God himself gave this outpouring an appointed time. It didn't happen the day before, the day after, just because ah, there was, it was better weather this day. It came at the allotted time. As this fully appointed time came, it unleashed yet another prophecy that the people knew well, and that is he would pour out of his spirit, Joel said, upon all flesh, that men and women, yes, women will speak and prophesy, the tongues being declared among them. I mean, these that are in that upper room, these 120, can you imagine being one of them in that room? Pinching themselves, knowing what they're experiencing, and yet it's so surreal that it's, am I dreaming this? This has been prophesied for generations. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm seeing it. I'm experiencing it. And knowing that, oh my goodness, now what was prophesied as a result, that even there'll be dreams and visions, old men, young men, that the kingdoms come alive. There will be no restraint. There won't just be periodical moments. How long will we wait? Heaven has unleashed itself upon the earth. Come on, somebody. Here we are so many years later. Has it become so routine to us that we have the privilege to go to a prayer closet by ourselves, but just knowing that when we do that, he's hearing us when we pray. And when we just gather with one other person, he said, I'll be there with you. That when we pray a prayer of agreement, heaven is at full attention listening so that it can come on board with what believers on the earth are doing. That there are these gifts operating now among just anybody and everybody, men and women, young and old. Doesn't matter what nation you're from. Now there's discernment. Now there's knowledge. Now there's tongues. Now there's interpretation of tongues. Even in this service, a manifestation, are we so used to it? Or does it still give us that confidence everything is still right in line with what he ordered? See, there's another word of structure. So God has these appointments. And the best way I know how to describe this is everyone, no matter what your lifestyle is, what your occupation is, if you're a stay-at-home mom, or uh, if you're a doctor, if, if, if whatever, a technician, whatever your responsibility is, we all know what clocks are. And we all know what day planners are. Now, we have different forms of them. Some are digital, some are paper, and some are just in our brain because our brain works pretty good that way. But we have appointments. 
We have random time, but I have to make sure everything else I'm doing, what seems to be random, I have to be done by 2 o'clock because at 2 o'clock, I've got to be there. Come on, somebody. What makes us that way? Are we a chip off the old block? God has appointments. Nothing is going to change those appointments. When it comes to these appointments, Galatians 4 and 4, when the fullness of time had come, God the Father sent his son to be born to a virgin. It didn't happen a week ahead of time than what it was scheduled. It happened when it was the appointed time, in the appointed place. These vessels that he used, these people that he used, they were involved, but they had no idea of the full ramifications. If timing was different, Jesus could have been born in Nazareth or in Galilee. No, he had to be in Bethlehem Ephrata at the right time. Mom had to be there for that appointment. We know, again, these appointments, Romans eleven twenty five 25, reminds us of the Jews, the nation of Israel, for the most part, is blinded in this hour. But there's coming a time, there's an appointment yet ahead when God says their blindness will stop because the fullness of time of the Gentiles will have come. Come on, somebody. See, we get afraid of some of this language in the Bible. The word predestined, foreknowledge. These appointed times that God has given. Is it not God who created all things? Is, is it not God who created the sun and the moon and their orbits? To create this thing that we call time. Bringing again, if nothing else, these feasts at their appointed time. When you look at Leviticus 23, these seven feasts of the Lord, it says at their appointed times. Every one of these feasts, they're known as moeds, which simply means dress rehearsals. And every time we come to another Pentecost feast, we're reminded that we're still just going through dress rehearsals because there's something yet ahead. Well, in all reality, the spring feast, the, uh, the first four, Jesus has fulfilled them, but there are still fall feasts. We still have Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and tabernacles that Jesus will also fulfill, but I'm not going to stay in those areas. I just want you to know again, there's a God who knows what he's doing. Take heart. And there are these appointments that God has set, and nothing's going to change them. We have evidence after evidence. So quickly, go with me, at least in your hearts and minds, to the story of Jonah. And we once again see now not only these appointments, these assignments, but we also see the real purpose of what God is doing. And it's one word. It's all about redemption. 
God's always bringing things to a place of redemption. The mercy of God. The love of God. Jonah finds himself feeling a calling to preach. This sounds great. I want you to go to Nineveh. <laughs> Any place but Nineveh. Have any of you ever told God what you won't do? How'd that go for you? Jonah takes off and goes in the extreme opposite way. When you look at where Tarshish is versus Nineveh, the other end of the region, I'm going to run just as hard and fast from that calling as I can because, God, you've lost your ever-loving mind. Then people in Nineveh don't deserve your mercy. We need to hear this today. There's a lot of things we don't like. As he's going there, here's what would be easy to miss. As he takes off and he gets in a merchant ship, the storm comes. You know, most of you know the story. If you don't, please read it. And the storm just gets worse and worse. And the merchants on the ship, they're like, uh, the gods are against us. And they start talking among each other. They're praying, they're crying, whatever. It's like, well, there's this guy in the boat. Maybe he's the problem. And as they talk to him, that's what they discover. And finally, this, he says, just throw me overboard. Well, we can't do that. We may make another god angry with us. But the, the storm just gets impossible for them to survive. And they're like, we're, we're desperate. And they throw him overboard. As they throw him overboard, the storm ceases. The guys in the ship, we don't get the rest of the story, but you've got to know they're just, whew, thank God. But here's, oh my, what we could miss. So many times we read that story and we say, God created a great fish. Some would say a whale. But we'll keep it with great fish. God created a fish. That's not what the Bible says. God appointed a great fish. You see, again, the timing had to be precise. The, Jonah would have had them throw him over the boat hours earlier. But it wasn't the appointed Time. Woo, come on, somebody. Take heart. God knows what he's doing. When we're getting frustrated and we're about ready to give up, he has his appointments. Again, as they throw him over that fish, I like to think of it as uber fish. coming in right at the right time. Can you imagine how long it would have taken for a man thrown overboard to have drowned if Uberfish had been docked an hour longer than he was? We wouldn't have this story. And just as Jonah goes over and the storm stops, whoop, the appointment God appointed a great fish. The story goes on. He finally now, he, he's, 
He's in there three days, three nights. We know the symbolicness of that. Jesus refers to it. But where I want to get is now he's vomited up on the beach. Oh, that's a pretty picture. You want, aren't you glad I'm up here? I got my cologne on. I got nice clothes on today. How'd you like me to be up here just covered with vomit preaching today? <laughs> this guy comes off the beach. You got to go to Nineveh. You got to go to Nineveh. Okay. And he preaches. And he says, 40 days are declared upon you. The motivation of his heart is, I'm kind of glad I'm here now. Because 40 days from now, I'm going to watch God just make toast out of you. And now he goes out to the hillside and camps out, waiting to see God just destroy him. But what we got to look at a little closer again, God appoints a plant to grow with exceeding speed. Just happens to be where Jonah was camping out. And as he is there like, this is cool. This is great. This is wonderful. God also had another messenger that he appointed, a worm. That would destroy that plant. As fast as it came, it was destroyed. God wasn't finished yet. God appointed an east wind to blister this preacher. God's appointments. You see, all these appointments was about redemption for that great city, Nineveh. And they actually accepted the message and would repent, which just ticked Jonah off. But these appointments that God has, when you take the time, I watch my time, I'm just trying to get us in in a state of mind. When we look at the tabernacle, another whole story, God had appointed tribes to have certain assignments. God appointed some to be priests. He appointed some to be Levites. Well, I want to be a priest. That's not your appointment. Come on, somebody. He appointed instruments. He appointed gatekeepers. Wow. Look at this God we serve. When we go through life thinking, I don't know if God knows my name. Oh, he knows our name. He's the one that named every star of the heavenly host. He knows our name. He knows what we're going through. He knows our times. And he knows our appointments. Now, If we could hear him trying to whisper in her ear, it's not time yet. It's not time. Randy, it's not time. Randy, Randy, listen to me. It's not. You don't see what I see. Trust me, Randy, listen. Randy, you're (laughs) hard-headed. See, I could pick on all of you today. Matter of fact, you amen way too quick on that last statement. Finally, you get there. But God, I think you already missed. God, it's too late now. And all of a sudden, there it is. Wow. 
Good job, God. Glad you listened to me. These appointments that God has. You see, God never changes. Isaiah 46 and 10. Take heart today. The word reminds us, Isaiah reminds us that God declares the end from the very beginning. There's an appointment. There's a declaration. Now don't get God wrong that God has created us to be robots and we don't have free will. It's not what we're learning again. But reminded of these appointments in our life. It is once again Psalms 139. How many times have I referred to it? God fashions our days before we yet live one of them while we're yet in our mother's womb. These assignments, these appointments, these callings that God puts in our life. I hope I'm helping somebody today to get comfortable in your own skin. To get comfortable in his appointments. Get comfortable in his assignments. Get comfortable in his callings. Do I wish I could play a guitar like Chris? Absolutely. But you, folks, you'd have left this building if I got up and tried to play that thing. It's not in me. There's a gift in him. As well as much training, effort, rehearsal. If I had all the rehearsal time, I still couldn't do what that is. It's not me. God has these assignments and these appointments. Even the disappointments are appointments in life. So many times getting us to the place at the right time. Again, I've shared this in the past. I'm reminded of the story of Mount Moriah as Abraham has been asked, demanded of God to give up his only begotten son, Isaac. Well, it wasn't his only begotten. Take that back, Ishmael. I'm sorry. But the son of promise. And to sacrifice him. And just as he pulled that dagger up to take the life of that boy, there was a ram coming up on the other side of the mountain who just happened to be caught in the thicket at the very same time. It was an appointment. The sacrifice is being supplied. I just had to see if you were willing, if you would trust. If you'll stand with me.